This is the EPLOG audio experience. You are listening to the Artist Podcast with me, Sujitha. Stay tuned. So after we did the episode 117 on who are you making your films for and then episode 120th on the trends in indie monetization and streaming, we had a lot of interactions in terms of how do we solve the monetization and streaming problem for filmmakers. So we thought that for this specific episode, we will get an opinion from industry leaders, thought leaders, filmmakers, so that we can all come together to solve the specific problem of filmmakers. Now making a film takes a lot of time, resources, effort, money, and if they not reach the right audience, the effort is all wasted. So according to UNESCO, 9,000 plus feature-length films were made in 2019 and the rate continues. Now these films include films produced in all countries and languages including Hollywood productions, Bollywood films, art house productions, independent films. This number does not include short films, documentaries or any other form of film and video content. So consider this, on a very high side, if 4,000 of these films get absorbed on various VODs like Netflix, Amazon, Mubi, Tubi, Hulu, local cables. What happens to the remaining 5,000 odd films? Do they disappear? What happens to films that never reach the audience or a platform? Do you think filmmakers should think of a plan before making feature films so their films get discovered? Can we as makers streamline those 5,000 odd films and how? How can the system think of streamlining these films so they do not get lost and the effort of filmmakers don't go for a waste? We ask these questions to our esteemed guests in alphabetical order. Anjul Nigam, actor-producer. You must have seen him in ER, Grey's Anatomy. Never have I ever. You can find him on IMDb. Then we have Isidore Bethel, filmmaker educator. His work has got screened at Cannes, South by Southwest, Netflix, MoMA, etc. Then we have Karan Thorani, industrial leader. AVP Elara Capital, Karan gets invited in lots of places including IIMs to deliver lectures on films, research, revenue and a lot more. Then we have Madhuan Narayanan who is a thought leader, journalist. You must have definitely seen him on all the news channels from NDTV to Times. And then there is Pinaki Chatterjee who is a content acquisition and distribution expert along with also being a film festival strategist. He has done films like Miss Lovely, Namesake, Death in a Gunge. You can find all these guys on the internet, on LinkedIn. They're very easy to reach and are very, very accessible. There are many great answers and if someone would want to jump on a bandwagon and collab and help us solve this problem, we can pull in more resources. You can mail us, you can connect with me. Hi, my name is Anjul Nigam. I'm an actor, I'm a producer, a writer. I'm based in Los Angeles. And here's the answers to your questions. Just disappear? Well, they are not available. So they sit probably in somebody's storage device. And what happens to them if they never reach an audience? Maybe someone will dust them off at some point in the future. 
but for now they are sitting in a storage device um, collecting dust. The simple answer, in my opinion, is no. I um, It makes me think about the first film that I directed, um, a film called Liam, where I had made it with an editor and a producer in France, and uh, we tried to pursue the path of um, festivals to have the film kind of go out into the world and have an existence and start to connect with audiences. And we submitted it to festivals for about a year, and then we were into the second year, and no festival was taking it. We would get feedback from um, individual programmers, even like incredibly encouraging feedback. Some programmers saying it was the favorite, their favorite film that they'd seen that whole year, um, but that the committee couldn't agree on it. It didn't. It wasn't able to find a place in the program, so it just meant that the the film had no festival life, um, and having grown up thinking that I wanted, I had these dreams of being a director, of um, being a career filmmaker, and this felt like failure. It felt like, oh, well, if what I'm wanting to put out into the world isn't being received by the world, like, what is my purpose? Um, and those feelings of failure really kind of made me ask myself the question of like, well, why am I doing this? Because I, I sensed in my gut that I, I still wanted and needed to be making work. Um, and I and it kind of boiled down to I realized that like I, I wanted to be working with people that I love, working with material that I love, and then sharing our work with people who were sensitive and receptive to it. And even without festivals, that had been happening already. Um in on a smaller scale for sure but like with friends and friends of friends and colleagues and family the film that we had made together was connecting with people and was was transforming their lives on a small scale so those whatever number of films 4000 films they don't disappear they they exist in their worlds they have an impact on people they have an impact on their makers um yeah uh, the reason that is very clear that you know there are these multiple films across various multiple languages uh, which are very small budget in nature so apparently it's a winner takes it all market so you have got uh, you know maybe 15 20 percent of the films contributing to 80 percent of box office uh, and balance uh, you know 20 30 percent of films contributing to 10 15 percent of box office and the rest five percent is like a long tail so you know close to 60 percent of the films will contribute for five percent of the box office which is there so that's how the industry is structured uh, across various countries uh, in a country like india also it's a similar structure wherein you have got regional films uh, which contribute close to 70 percent uh, hindi films which contribute close to uh, you know roughly around 20 percent of the total films but uh, the contribution of Hindi films is far higher in terms of box office. 20% uh, of films contribute to 50% of box office and uh, you know maybe 50% of uh, films which are regional or other 70% which are regional, they contribute for you know 30% of box office. So it, it variably depends in terms of what kind of ticket prices you have uh, in a particular region. And uh, these films disappear because I think uh, some of them, some of these films also don't get a theatrical release. Uh, they are just made, but then they are stalled. 
there are films you know which uh, uh, basically just go to tv and then don't go to ott at all uh, there are films you know which end up reaching the theaters but uh, come off within two or three days because they don't work out and because the performance is so dismal uh, there are no takers for satellite or digital rights so i think that's the reason in terms of why these films actually disappear uh these films eventually don't have an audience or a platform because these are films which are very small in nature uh, there is no marketing money invested in these kind of films so let's understand over here that you know marketing promotion is a very substantial or a reasonable component of the overall film production budget which is there and that's somewhere close to 15 to 20% of the cost in terms of film so because these films are small budget nature uh, there is also very low likelihood of any kind of incremental investments that they could do in terms of promotion awareness of these films and which is why the audience recall is also not there for such films and such films actually you know get kind of written off over a period of time and you know they probably become a catalog kind of a thing so there could be a certain production house you know who would who is probably making 15 films a year but three or four of those films don't get any digital rights or satellite rights he might accumulate these three four films every year and maybe in the next you know 10 years he has got some 50 films which are there so those 50 films can be sold as a catalog but individually these smaller films you know can't be sold separately on digital or satellite rights because they don't fetch any kind of money that together because there's no recall within the audience to watch these kind of films hello uh, i understand there are close to 10000 feature films being made worldwide not even counting documentaries and uh, increasingly the capacity to make films is only going up and not down because now you can make a regular feature film with an amazon uh, you know of an iphone or an android phone of a high quality and uh, there's a profusion of great work maybe not so great work everything is happening in a dynamic sort of a way but where will these films find the right audience how will it reach the right audience even willing audiences may not be able to access the films they want in a chaotic universe where you have netflix and amazon and mubi and tubi and hooku and roku and whatever whatever uh, otts or platforms that are there are doing so is there a way out of this so that filmmakers get their due i think i have an idea so talking of streamlining um i would say that you know there is no one answer to that because um, everyone makes their film thinking that this is their baby their masterpiece and uh, you know there's i can't really say that uh, you know any of this is good bad because it's a very subjective thing you know so who are we to tell that what is correct and what is incorrect about this uh, so it's always been the case that uh, you know there are many filmmakers who can make films whether they make films through by beg borrowing or stealing or whatever other means uh, you know using credit cards or doing anything else to find the means to make a film and uh, you know uh, so it's difficult to say that you know um, how do you streamline them yes uh, the method of the market is obviously different because there they are not uh, like you must understand that any ott platform or ott whether it's uh, also a platform like youtube they are not it's a platform end of the day and it has business interest so and they have to sustain themselves so it is not their prerogative to play your film that's never been the case they are looking at consumers customers 
to increase their business and to make sure that there are ways to find uh, more audiences for the film and that helps them uh, whether it's through advertising or subscription they can generate more uh, revenue so having said that i would say that there's no one answer to say we can streamline but yes there are also other kinds of ways for example there are uh, pitch markets for, in film festivals or otherwise across the world uh, some in india like you i'm sure you know about the mumbai mantra labs and places like the sundance labs and then the drisham labs you know places like that where you filter on paper first rather than going ahead and making a film because i think that those elements today are missing in the market where you have to keep making films uh, we understand that but uh, a lot of work has to go in the you know the filtering of projects uh, through the screenplay you know and that's where i think that trigger the the work uh, the perseverance to work things on paper first and hone them and sharpen them to make it really something worthwhile uh, to be put on screen is what uh, is the need of the art and i think that could be one way to streamline now uh, institutions or individuals or studios organizations whoever are in the content creation business of producing movies or films have to uh, you know do these tasks uh, it's not the job of any individual filmmaker because any individual filmmaker today even a tiktok filmmaker can go ahead and make a film so you can't stop somebody from that because it's democracy right so i would say that's how um, you know that's probably the only way to sort of have some kind of discipline to cut down on the total number of productions of such uh, you know anybody who's trying to make films have to look at producing uh, in a more sensible way and always uh, the mantra is uh, you know less is more Absolutely. How else can you make a movie without having a plan? And that plan includes not only what kind of story are you telling, but who are you telling it for? I don't think that films never reach an audience. I think that the people who make a film are already a part of its audience. Um, so as long as anyone is watching a cut of a film, a film has an audience. I feel that I do a lot of... Um, consulting as a um as an editor and i watch a lot of rough cuts or like in progress work and even that work that's in progress that isn't reaching its uh final audience has me as an audience i think that like the question is like what do you consider audience and what do you consider impact on viewership um uh, i think uh filmmakers should, should mind you know in terms of they should think, give it a thought before making a film i think to that question the answer is very clear that you know film making is something which is very dynamic in nature i think uh, the storytelling and everything put together a lot of effort is put into it and you have to keep on trying new models now let's look at the success ratio as well right so let's look at any hindi box office for that matter you would have seen you know in the pre covid times that uh, you know 10% of your films contribute to 80% of box office right and it is only 10 to 15% of films that actually end up making a very high roi the rest are all you know break even or loss making in nature so i think film is such a business wherein you have to keep on trying and test test new things you can't always have a, a state of film which is successful consistently plus this industry is very cyclical in nature so you know hindi box office what we saw pre covid uh, was a huge uptick in terms of the content consumption trends but in the post covid era because the audience mindset is changing 
uh, Hindi is going through some sort of a tough time because people want to watch differentiated content. So I think putting all these things into perspective, it is never possible, uh, you know, to kind of be mindful in terms of the films that you're making. You can only rationalize budgets. You can make, uh, uh, you know, high budget, medium budget, low budget kind of films, but you can't, you know, kind of take the number of films down by 60 to 70 percent because you will need to address different kinds of audiences. You need to test different types of, con you know, uh, concepts that you have in terms of films. Say something like an um, engine that transports and uh, delivers movies to the right audience in a way where they can discover as well as access. Right now, we only have a search-based uh, you know, mechanism in which there are competitors, competing platforms. Um, you can find one filmmaker having one film in one platform and another in another. doesn't really work beyond a point. My solution to this is something that I thought up about 24 years ago when I conceived a, a, a business plan for a, for a startup that will be based on a database for Bollywood films. It didn't work because there was a dot-com bubble and before it got funded things turned uh, uh, the opposite way. But the idea is still ripe in my head and no one seems to have done it. There is the Amazon-owned website called IMDB, Intermovie, Internet Movie Database, which is a sort of a largely some Wikipedia-like structure where people come and update uh, information on various movies. You can look for a movie, but you know there's no way you can watch it very easily. There's no way you can pay for the right movies that need to be paid for. There's no way a good producer or a good filmmaker will get paid. My idea is to actually have an IMDB with a systematic plan where you have a database with a lot of indexing going on based on genres of movies, based on length of movies, based on country of origin, based on certain topics, based on even emotions, if that's what you want. You know, you can have a romantic or a, a you know thrill or whatever. And you can have documentaries within that genre. We can have uh, various kinds of slicing and dicing of cinema as an experience in an index sort of a way. And uh, producers or filmmakers can actually uh, maybe co-create a company like the way uh, cooperatives have been formed for farmers and milkmen where you can own a certain index collectively. And that index, because it's digital, can link up to uh, actual streaming solutions or purchase solutions where you can download or link up uh, with uh, a distribution uh, company where the database becomes something like what I used to call the yellow pages for cinema. You know, much before um, internet and all these digital things happened, there used to be real thick books like telephone directories and yellow pages you even now have business-to-business -business websites like uh, indiamart.com and tradeindia.com that helps literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of small business owners discover the right uh, customers and the customers to help uh, you know locate people who actually uh, manufacture everything from safety pins to literally big machines. Talking of uh, a plan uh, for filmmakers, I think... Um... You know, it's a very subjective question because if you look at it from an artistic point of view, you might say it's always the director's vision and it's the director who 
can look at a film, you know, uh, from their own eyes and their own lens, uh, which only uh, till it comes out on screen, nobody knows um, how it will come out. And so I can't say that I can tamper with that. But when you look at something that has to work for the market, because, you know, today we live, unfortunately, in a world where, you know, a lot of this plethora of films and content out there, but uh, it's important to understand that today you can't ignore the opinion of the consumer, the audience, or whoever is watching it, unless you are someone who's an extreme art house filmmaker who's interested, not interested in sort of engaging with all of this. Um, I mean, I mean, you also have a platform like platforms like Mubi and Fandor, which sort of looks at you know distribution of such movies, but at a gross level, I would say that, you know, when you look at films uh, for distribution, uh, it's important today to try and look at data, big data, and try and reverse engineer um, certain, at least, the, the data gives you certain insights and certain, you know, um, hidden subliminal um, kind of codes of, um, in terms of genres, the kind of, um, you know, detailing that a story or a screenplay would sort of have to engage or to have those kind of lean forward moments in a film. And uh, also, I would like to say that, you know, um, today there are tools available in different corners of the world. For example, um, something that's coming to mind right now is a Swiss product called Largo.ai, which is a cutting edge tool to analyze your screenplay um, through and through to tell you exactly uh, which are those moments that needs to be looked upon to be reworked, what are the, um, you know, the, the best moments of the screenplay, what are not so great moments, what are the shortcomings. And um, there are several such products uh, and with AI and several other uh, tech tools available in the media tech world. Today, I see that also as an opportunity. Uh, in fact, there's another very interesting company called Cinelighting. Uh, which is doing some really excellent work in this world. Um... Well, makers, meaning filmmakers, can we streamline these 5,000 odd films? <clears throat> I'm not sure if streamlining is the answer, but knowing what you're telling and how you're telling it, meaning the style, your your choice of uh characters, your choice of uh, wardrobe and production design and, and cinematography, all of these are part of how you're telling the story. What story you're telling is also just as important, if not more important than how you're telling it. And finally, what we mentioned earlier, you have to know who your audience you're telling the story for. Without having determined who your audience is, you're mindlessly approaching your movie. Um, I think that making a feature film always involves so much energy and effort and work um, that I don't, I don't know that anyone takes it lightly. Um, I think that sometimes as a director, I figure out why I'm making work kind of late in the process, maybe sort of late in the edit, but I'm... I'm always coming from a place of like necessity or urgency. Um, and I know that other 
filmmakers make work um, with a certain amount of levity um, or are sort of a little bit more contingent on is someone offering them funding? Do they have the ability to like uh, earn a living as they make a particular film? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to pronounce, to, to like sort of say what other filmmakers should or should not think of before starting working. Uh, I think as makers uh, to streamline these 5,000 odd films, I think it, it's, it remains to be fairly tough, but uh, definitely if one is an aggregator, they can get hold of all these films and uh, maybe, you know, try and push them in a platform together. Because today, I think in this era, as we stand, uh, it is more about aggregation, right? I mean, every platform, every, uh, you know, every satellite channel rather is looking for aggregating content. They all have got wide variety of content, uh, which may not be hit. Every film may not be a hit, but there's a big variety which is there. So, of course, if these 5,000 films which are there, in some way, you know, uh, one can reach out to the makers or the producers and do an aggregation model when these films come together, then uh, end of the day, you know, they might fetch some value. But their value will be very minuscule. So again, you know, dividing that value basis, these 5,000 films is going to be a challenge because, you know, some producer may or may not agree in terms of what valuation you would give to a particular film. But uh, definitely the only way these films can, you know, reach out to the audience or, you know, they can be a way forward uh, or how makers can streamline is basically, you know, just uh, tying up with some platform in the form of aggregation. Because once you have aggregation, uh, the bargaining power increases, you know, of the uh, uh, producer, you know, for these kind of films. So if that can be done for physical objects, it must be much easier for us to create a framework for virtual objects like a digitally downloadable movie or a streamable movie. What we need is a very healthy review mechanism, uh, a rating mechanism, uh, uh, much like an Amazon for movies, but not controlled like Prime, but something which is open source like a Wikipedia or maybe a collective company in which everyone has a stake. Now, just as Google is now, although it's a company uh, owned by Alphabet, uh, it's a brand owned by Alphabet, uh, Google is virtually the go-to uh, place for anybody wanting to search anything on the internet. Why can't we have something like a Google for cinema, which has a strong indexed database that will help uh, with a shareholding, uh, shareholding come revenue model where filmmakers, film viewers, film distributors, uh, investors, Everybody can come together around a single hub, the way a, water, a watering pond, a water pond serves in a jungle. I know it's a jungle out there, but this could be a nice way to get around it. So, as I said um, uh, in my last answer that, you know, uh, films uh, that necessarily don't find a platform, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't, can't reach an audience. Um, there are platforms today internationally like Gather, there's something called Artimi and several others which uh, use um, what is called as um, event cinema where you can actually use alternative means to expose films to non-commercial ways of showcasing your film to communities and in different kinds of public places or gatherings and also generate revenue and money from there. Um, besides that, you know, I would like to bring up even things like 
NFT, if, if a film is of a certain, has a certain angle to it, which is really very special and uh, can be, you know, you can sort of create um, NFTs around that, you know, even that's another way of monetizing your content. Um, I, I mean, any kind of films, be it short films or feature films have that potential. It's uh, very early days. You probably know that today people are also in different geographies. People are even using NFTs to um, figure out ways to finance movies. You know, that's another opportunity to explore. So uh, beyond that, I would say there are different kinds of alternative means of distribution. For example, uh, the route of uh, festivals, you know, films that travel to festivals. You know, filmmakers or producers can ask for uh, screening fees uh, in certain festivals which are having budgets. They offer screening fees to these films, you know, they have uh, these opportunities. Also, the uh, pay-per-view platforms uh, also have different ways of, you know, monetizing their film. They won't pay you upfront. Also, likewise, for uh, the fast channels or the award channels, which today don't pay you an upfront MG or a licensing fee but uh, they use that as a way of you know uh, showing the film and then if you are able to market it through social media and other organic ways uh, to generate traffic and figure out a way to get it discovered we can find ways to you know monetize those movies and make some money you know um, uh, the last thing I just wanted to bring up is educational distribution. Uh, this is very prevalent in certain parts of the world, like North America, where there are platforms like Canopy, uh, which uses, um, you know, platforms like that, takes these films to educational uh, institutions and colleges, schools, and different other higher academic institutions and universities, and circulate them in that kind of arena to also make money. And how can the system help streamline it? It's not the system's job to help streamline it. That's your job as a filmmaker. These are just my opinions. I am just a layman that works in the entertainment industry as a filmmaker, as an actor, but I am not in any capacity a distribution expert so that's my disclaimer i don't know it's a big picture question and i i only feel comfortable thinking about myself um i make relatively few films as a director um but that's sort of a reflection of the kind of maker that i am um i don't know that it's a bad thing that there are lots and lots of films um i think it creates certain challenges for for all of us filmmakers, but those challenges might prompt us to look at them also as kind of creative constraints and creative prompts in these films. Again, I'm very reluctant to think about big picture things. I don't know that I'm, I have a right to think about uh, things on a, on a level beyond like myself and my community. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's a bad thing to have, 9,444 features in 2019. That sounds exciting to me. I could spend the rest of my life watching those 9,444 films. And uh, that's the only way in terms of I see the future because otherwise these films uh, 
are a complete miss uh, because you know if, if you want to release a film into theaters you have to spend a lot in terms of uh, releasing a film in terms of you know the digital print cost you have to spend a lot in terms of uh, uh, you know your marketing cost which is there so i think the only way is that you, know, you can reach out the audience directly through ott platforms and you can come in the form of aggregation thank you yeah so uh, as far as uh, films are concerned uh, you know and distribution is concerned i think uh, we are right now in a very vantage space as far as uh, digital distribution is concerned because you know today there are opportunities to distribute them in places like you know uh, the tvot platforms the transactional video on demand platforms also youtube i think a lot of us underestimate uh, youtube uh, as a platform where you can even go for pay per view platforms you know because um, if you look at the total amount of films being made which is almost say 9500 films around the world according to unesco um a lot of them are made without any kind of um sort of market uh, evaluation or market consideration so they could be independent films or adroit films people who made films with their own personal you know sort of how they want to look at life or their take on life and it could be fiction non fiction uh, so in those or um, maybe a mix of all of this um, i think there is a good um, opportunity to exploit them in different kind of diy platforms across the world there are platforms like gumroad uh, to start with um, there are many of these platforms and we in india only want to look at the top of the pyramid of platforms like you know the the all the top svod platforms whereas as you uh, look at you know the newer kind of monetization which is from avod platforms like i mean from youtube to different kind of fast channels and fast channels as you know program content based on different kind of cohorts and preferences of how they look at their target audiences and demographics so i feel that you know uh, that's an opportunity by itself to look at uh, you know exploiting these films from that kind of perspective uh, so i can't say they will disappear but they can definitely be used in terms of uh, distributing them on the uh, on these different platforms that uh, market always exists around the world and that's something that filmmakers need to start digging and researching it won't come to you in a platter all these are well informed answers and i think all the best answers is that if we can develop a search engine can imdb meets youtube meets netflix which can be an indexing search engine along with a revenue generating model that can come together and uh, enable filmmakers to put their film on the platform and also get discovered i think that can be a great model so who's in with us connect with me 
and let me know you can dm me or you can find me on linkedin very very prominent there and uh, definitely don't uh, forget to follow us on all the social media platforms uh, with the name metaphysical lab we put regular updates on the podcast you can also follow my freshly rejuvenated youtube channel we are aiming at 500 subscribers in the next 10 days so help us reach that and of course you can find me on linkedin